Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. Good! Enrique Ogunbowale wins the national championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame. 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious, how about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT, WSBTradio.com, the free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. And a pleasant good evening, everyone. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Speed on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. If you're going to learn one thing tonight and one thing only, I think it should be this. Eric, you ready? Mm-hmm. You ready to learn? All right, give a listen. Just find a way to beat Navy. Just find a way to beat Navy. That's our friend Robert Davey back in the day talking about that the Fighting Irish just need to figure out a way to beat Navy. And you know what? He wasn't right about a lot of things, but honestly, Eric, there's something to be said about that because of that scrappy Navy team. You figure out a way to win. But can I also make a different statement? With that being said, you may. I'm going to, Eric. Doggone it. That's Eric Hansen, by the way, the publisher and editor of InsideIndieSports.com. I'm Darren Pritchett. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a tangent before we really get the show started. But can I say this? With all that being said, I respect Navy. I love watching Navy football through the years. But this is a very talented Notre Dame football team, right? I mean, really talented. It is. This is a really good team. Okay. And I know what happened last year. But. But is there a point where Notre Dame should just take care of business on Saturday? We should not even be surprised. You know what I'm saying? Um, no. Well, you've got a great quarterback now. Okay. You got Sam Hartman okay. at quarterback. Yeah, convince me. The quarterback position was a major issue in that game right. being close last year. That, to start, you know, Marcus was. T- Freeman today was talking yeah. about, you know, they took their foot off the pedal. But I also think the coaches I, took the foot off the pedal. Bingo. Yes, I would agree. Eric, you can't have 12 yards of total offense against Navy in the second half. That's absolutely unacceptable. I agree. 
And a lot of that was coaching decisions, and a lot of that was having a quarterback that Navy didn't respect. Right. And they were right. Their okay. plan worked well in the second half. So you're saying that this should be a three-touchdown game and that it should be over early? It should be like last year's first half without the second half. Eric, if this Notre Dame team is a team that is at least in the zip code of being a playoff team this year, they should win this game convincingly. I agree. I just do not think it necessarily will be a knockout in the first half. I think. Oh, that's fine. I think Notre Dame will win this game convincingly. Okay. But I think there's going to be a dance in the first half and getting to a feel for Navy, Navy's new offense. Yes, I agree. Yeah. But at the end of the day, yeah. if this team is as good as probably they think they are and we think they are, at, at the end of the right. day, they should take care of business. Correct. Because they've recruited well. I think we could all say they're developing well. And so it's time to start dominating competition and, and not have, lose to Marshall and Stanford. And you have Navy at the optimum time to get them. At, and and it, that's beginning of the schedule is much more desirable than having to adjust to that in midstream than adjust back out of it to a conventional offense. So now that I've added context. Okay you don't necessarily think I'm crazy. I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> my but in point that is, regard, how about I, this? My point is not that outlandish. I agree. I agree <laughs> with, uh, I agree with uh, everything you said. Okay. Well, that's a great start because if you disagree, you would tell me, you would tell me. So that's just maybe we're 48 hours from the game, and we've broken it down, and we've talked about this team for months. At the end of the day, it's Navy, first game of the year, advantage Notre Dame, and I understand Grant Chestnut could change their offense, but this is a talented football team, and I'm just not in the mood to have a close ball game like we had last year. I'll be grumpy on Monday, Eric, if we have a close ball game on Saturday. So I want to be in a really good mood to start off the year. Okay, so after that tangent, now we get to what's coming up on the show tonight. You're going to hear from Irish offensive coordinator Jared Parker. His job is to get the offense to have more than 12 yards in the second half on Saturday. I think <laughs> it would be ironic if they get like a 40-yard play on the first play of the second half, which I think he should do just to prove a point. Okay. We got our Twitter question of the day, and for the first time, well, I guess I did it, but I'm not nearly as good as Eric at this. So Eric is back with the Advantage game. It's a game we played for years where we just take six categories from the game and we figure out if Notre Dame has the advantage or the midshipmen have the advantage with context galore. Okay. Okay, so we'll do that. Coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, our second installment of our new feature, Tim Murray, diehard Notre Dame football fan. He's in Vegas, baby as he is a, the host of VEASAN's primetime show, which actually starts at 6 o'clock Eastern time on VEASAN, a sports gambling expert and host. We break down the numbers on the Notre Dame Navy game. Where's the action right now? Oh, You always hear that the books need Navy to win or the books need Notre Dame to win. He has some interesting insight, plus, Eric, the win total for Notre Dame in many books is eight and a half. Over or under eight and a half. Oh. To me, 
the over seems the logical pick, but he will tell you that the Sharps are picking all these Notre Dame games in the future, and they are laying cash on the opposition. They're not sold on Notre Dame. And you know those smart guys, they make a lot of money in Vegas. So we'll have that conversation. I talked to Tim just about an hour and a half ago, so we'll play back that interview. And I think you'll find it very interesting that some of the books might actually be pulling for Notre Dame to win some of these games coming up, which is interesting. All right. But with all that being said, let's get started with our program. We have the advantage game to get to. It is the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame taking on the United States Naval Academy, Dublin, Ireland. Looks like mid-60s, chance of rain throughout the day. Could be a sloppy track. We'll have to see. So how is this game going to play out? We try to figure that out with our advantage game. So we've got six categories ready to go. We've got our expert from InsideIndieSports.com chomping at the bit. He's got a computer in front of him. Notepads of paper. I mean, he's got everything. That's right. Sunglasses and water. You should be like Schefter on ESPN. Get like three phones and, you know, (laughs) pretend like you've got all three going, which I'm not sure. Okay. Advantage game begins with Navy running the football. If you're a Notre Dame football fan, you have become accustomed to looking at the stats when Notre Dame takes on Navy and Navy averaging over 300 rushing yards. Last couple of years. (laughs) It's not been the case. They've not had a great quarterback, Eric, since Reynolds. That kid was fantastic. But now we have this Grant Chestnut guy from Kennesaw State. Maybe he's going to change the way Navy plays offense a tad bit. So with all that set up, give me your thoughts. When Navy runs the football, who has the advantage? Al Golden's defense or Grant Mark Chestnut, whatever his name is, his offense from Navy? Grant Chestnut. Um, Navy was fourth in the country last year in rushing offense. They're usually first. Um, Notre Dame was 36th in rushing defense, and there were times that they really struggled. There, you know, they got a lot of sacks last year, which cut into that mm-hmm. rushing total, which helped them. But you know, like the Marshall game, they couldn't slow down Marshall's rushing attack, for instance. Oof. Um, Navy almost always is going to have the advantage in rushing offense just because that's what they do. That's their brand. And I think they will have a slight advantage here. But I do think Notre Dame's run defense is going to be better than 36th in the country. I think Mm. they're going to play well enough so that your ranting and raving at the beginning of the show is going to come (laughs) true uh, eventually in that game. Do you think the Irish – when you consider the fullback had a really good day against Notre Dame, do you think Notre Dame missed Bertrand? Was that a major factor in that game? Well, because he was out for that contest. Right. Well, I mean, think about it. I mean, it was 35 to 13 at halftime too. So uh, yes and no. I mean, I would much rather play that game if I'm a coach with JD Bertrand than not. And and he has sentimental reasons too. His dad played rugby in Ireland um but uh yeah I I think JD Bertrand just elevates your whole defense in a game like this but I I think that's an excuse and I think part of what was Notre Dame's problem was last year then they were napping with the passing when it okay it's 35 13 they're going to throw the ball you may want to 
look for balls going over your head. <laughs> it was not a good day for the coordinators in the second half. Oof. So, but uh, yeah, I think JD Bertrand will help, and I think a second year of Al Golden will help. You know, Al Golden faced Navy four times as a college coach, as a college coordinator head coach. It was all when he was the head coach at Temple. And the first year they got, and it was Paul Johnson and Ken Niamata Lolo. So it was it was the triple option and the good good version of it, uh, potent version of it. The first year Temple got mashed. Yeah. Then it was a closer game. Then uh, I think an overtime loss, and then Temple ended up winning the fourth time. So each time they were markedly better. Temple also was a better team each succeeding year with Al Golden. But he learned, I think he learned something from last year, so I think this is going to be... He had all off-season to consult yeah. with people. You know, last year it was like, okay, i got to wedge this in after after they played Clemson. After they played and stopped Clemson, then it's like, oh, yeah, we got this weirdo offense coming up. Hmm. The good news is there's a lot of veteran players on this defense that have been there and done that. Kaiser, Leofal, Bertrand. Xavier Watts had a what eight tackle game yeah. last year. DJ Brown, Riley Mills. So that can't Howard hurt. Howard Cross. Howard Cross as well. So check mark goes to Navy just because that's what they do. That's what they do, but a, a slight check mark, yes. like in purple ink. It's not like they're going to dominate. They're just right. going to do enough. Right. They're going to do enough effective. to hold on to the ball yeah. and annoy us. Annoy. Be annoying. Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, next up in our Advantage game, Eric Hansen, Darren Pritchett with you on WSBT Radio. Who has the advantage when the midshipmen throw the ball? And they might throw it a little bit more this year with our friend Mr. Chestnut. Right, and and by throwing more, it's throwing it all. I mean, they, the, I think they broke records in the Notre Dame game in the second half for passes attempted, uh, and I'm kidding, but... They were 128th in passing offense, 95th in passing efficiency. Notre Dame was 42nd in pass efficiency defense. Now think about how much better Notre Dame is in the back end of their defense with their cornerbacks this year um, with Kim Hart and Ben Morrison and then Jaden Mickey and Christian Gray as kind of their fab four. And you know who, who I think is going to play a lot? I'm just not sure where he's going to line up is Clarence Lewis. He had a bunch of tackles yeah. last year as a corner. I think you could play him as a safety. I think you could play him in the box. I think it's going to be kind of interesting to see where he lines up. Uh, and I'm getting off, off topic here, but Grant Chestnuts, the unknowns about the passing game, that they have Blake Horvath who can throw the ball uh, as one of their quarterbacks that they're going to play, I, I definitely think Notre Dame has the advantage, but I think early on it's not going to maybe look like that until Notre Dame gets its footing with what that passing game looks like. Now let's move to the Fighting Irish offense. In our advantage game, who has the advantage when Notre Dame, with any of their five running backs, run the football against a midshipman defense that was truly really good last year and bottle up the Fighting Irish offense? Yeah, I mean, there's there's something to be said for a team that finishes number two in the country in rushing defense and played Air Force and Army. 
I mean, that's that's pretty incredible because they they usually skew your run defense the wrong way. Navy was really good at sacking the quarterback last year. Guess the Ram Vila scholarship kicked in, but uh, they, they were second in the country. Notre Dame was 35th in rush offense. I think Notre Dame is going to be a better running team this year. I think Notre Dame's passing is going to open up the running game a little bit, but I'm still giving the check mark to Navy until they prove otherwise. Wow. I still think they are going to they're going to have to pay attention to Sam Hart, Hartman chucking the ball down the field, but I still think they want to see that. They they I don't know that it's so much of a test of Sam Hartman as they're testing Notre Dame's wide receivers. I think that's what they're they're going to have to say show me. And then if they do that, then they're going to have to figure out something else. Okay, so maybe our slight first upset of the college football season. Navy, slight check mark when Notre Dame runs football until proven otherwise. Right. That's also a key part of the statement. And you don't have a running quarterback either in this offense. Well, the Irish went out and got a Mercedes at quarterback. Yep. And now we get to see him, Sam Hartman. So don't disappoint me. Notre Dame, when they throw the football, they have to have the advantage, right? Well, let's look at last year. Notre Dame was 97th in pass offense. That's amazingly low. Um, And then 31st in pass efficiency, which is the more relevant number. Navy, they gave up a lot to be really good at run defense. They were 123rd out of 130 in pass efficiency defense so that means even you say well gosh they played triple option teams those teams don't throw the pass efficiency defense doesn't take into account how much they throw it's how well you throw and Mm -hmm. they were very so that was the price they paid but they thought let's look at our schedule and i think we're better off going all in on stopping the run and taking our chances with the pass with Sam Hartman, it changes the whole equation here. Uh, again, the wide receivers are, and the tight ends are going to have to prove, and the running backs, prove that they're really good receivers. I think they will in this game. And so Notre Dame gets a big check mark here. I think this is the, catali- the catalyzing stat in this whole package that we're doing. Okay. I put it in That's new. print. That's a new thing that I came up with just off the top of my head. <laughs> I was going to say. Catalyzing stat. I almost called it a Cadillac stat. I was going to Google that to see what the heck you were talking about. <laughs> it's All from right. Catalyst. Catalyzing. Catalyzing. Yeah. Okay. See? It has nothing to do with cattle. <laughs> That's the difference in getting a degree from a Big Ten school and an Ohio Valley Conference school. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Let's move along in the advantage game. Well, special teams before last year, I always felt like, I hope we break even. Breaking even on special teams was good for so long under Brian Kelly. Then last year, all of a sudden, we expected Notre Dame to win special teams. New special teams coach, Eric, will anything change? I think Notre Dame is going to be very good at special teams for a few reasons. One, I think the specialists are really good, and they're new, but they're very good. And Marty Biaggi was a former kicker and punter himself. I think he can work with those guys. Not that Brian Mason couldn't. Brian Mason was brilliant. Sure. Um, and that's why he's with the Colts now. Uh, 
I don't know that we're going to have the crazy punt block numbers, but I think Notre Dame's going to be pretty good in the return game. And a lot of it starts with Marcus Freeman's commitment to saying, you got the run of the roster, and we're going to practice enough in, in uh, our practices. We're going to allot enough time to be good at this stuff. So I think Notre Dame will be very good. Navy was good in some categories last year. They were number two in kickoff coverage last year. They also had a pretty good punter who's back in Riley Reitman. He averaged almost 44 yards a punt. They weren't great in net punting. He kicked a lot into the end zone, and, and they weren't super at covering the punts. Um, and then they have a new kicker. Daniel Davis isn't back. He was 10 of 16. Evan Warren's the kicker now. I don't know a whole lot about Evan Warren. I, I don't imagine he is as good as Notre Dame's kicker, who's Spencer Schrader, the transfer from South Florida, who's got a big leg. Uh, Evan Warren also kicks off. I'm giving Notre Dame the check mark here. Okay, finally, intangibles. Well, I mean, the, each team has a new offensive coordinator, so there's going to be some surprises on both sides, I think. Um, and both teams are going to be you know, you know what you're getting on defense. I think the intangible here for Notre Dame is playing Navy at a good time. It's, you know, not in midstream. And I think you're going to have a very Notre Dame friendly crowd in Aviva Stadium. This is a Notre Dame home game um, in terms of who owns the rights to this. Notre Dame got a great tick allotment. There's a record number, supposedly 39,000 people from the United States flew over. The stadium only seats around 50,000, so they're all going to the game. They're not going to just the Temple Bar District. Um, so I think that's going to be a good intangible for them is having that kind of home feel. Marcus Freeman was talking about today in his press conference that you know he went out and he feels like the, the structure will hold the sound in, so that that should work out to know. And they, you know, they get off the plane, go Irish, and all over Dublin, there's people wearing their Notre Dame stuff. So a lot of people in Dublin okay. rooting for the Notre Dame. So Notre Dame gets the advantage when Navy throws it. When Notre Dame throws it, special teams and intangibles advantage to Navy when they run the ball and also when Notre Dame runs the ball. Eric Hansen, you can read his work at InsideIndieSports.com, the publisher, editor, and writer at that Notre Dame Rivals Network. I'm Darren Pritchett. We are going to step aside for a moment. When we come back, how about we bring forth a couple of comments from brand-new offensive coordinator Jared Parker. We'll talk some Irish offense coming up next, 528 on your home of the Fighting Irish. And Saturday's Notre Dame-Navy game, which kicks off at 2.30, Sports Radio 960, Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Gives to Estime. He leaps at the one and goes over the strike. Touchdown, Notre Dame. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Hartman keeps it, runs it up the middle, bulldozing to the end zone, and he's in. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Low snap, hands off inside to Estime. 10-5. He'll get there. Touchdown, Notre Dame. We continue on with Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio. 
I'm Darren Pritchett with Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. We're brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser. For 13 years, Folds of Honor and Budweiser have provided life-changing scholarships to military families. Join United Beverage in raising a bud to raise funds for Folds of Honor. By the Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. Midland Engineering Company beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years. Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations to serve you, Barnaby's the family inn. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Hunger is a story we can end. Find out how at feedindiana.org and by Bethel University's Adult and Graduate Studies. Visit Bethel University. Dot edu slash solid ground for details. Well, we have a lot to learn on Saturday about the Fighting Irish offense. Tommy Reese ran Brian Kelly's offense when he was the offensive coordinator and play caller here in South Bend. He is now down in Roll Damn Tideland in Alabama working for Nick Saban, where it sounds like Tyler Buckner might be third string down there for the old Crimson Tide. Quarterback's third string. Drew Pine's third as well at yes. Arizona State. That doesn't surprise right. me. Right, and he's injured, but he's going to be back. But he's third. Someone described Buckner. Well, he's good, but I'm like, that's kind of the way I always thought of him, too. He's good, but then there's the but. There's just several plays every game in his limited amount of time of being on the field that just wasn't good enough. But he could have grown into a right. great player here. Who knows? But now he's at Alabama, and... We'll see how it pans out. But anyway, after the offensive coordinator search, we ended up with Jared Parker, tight end coach, becoming offensive coordinator. And now we have to figure out how much is he going to alter what Notre Dame has been doing the last few years. We'll see probably some of the parts of the offense that Jared Parker really believes in. I I really think play action is going to be a big part of this. And why not? you got to what should be a great rushing attack. You got a quarterback that throws the deep ball well. You saw it at Wake Forest, Eric. That's the recipe for having the opportunity to have a great play-action game. And you got some speedy guys that can get down the field and hopefully can grab it and make a play. I agree with you, and some depth at that wide receiver position as well. Am I right by saying we know about quantity, but are we still holding our breath about quality? A wide receiver. I think not long-term you're not holding your right. breath. Maybe short-term there'll be some hiccups and a few growing pains in the first, which is, I guess, good that you're not playing Ohio State in the opener. Um, but I think eventually they're going to be really good. There's a lot of talent there, and they've had their moments. And, and quite honestly, they have to go again. I don't know that they're going to go against two better corners than the corners they have to go against in practice every day. So, And they, even the twos. I mean, Jaden Mickey and Christian Gray will, would start a lot of places. No question. So after watching fall camp, and I know you don't see probably as much from the offense. I'm sure they were trying to keep that under wraps from – the guys you call the blabbermouse, right? The you blabbermouse. guys. <laughs> yes, me. That's right. Me and everybody else. So with that being established, 
What did you learn about the offense? What do you think the basis of the offense is going to be under Parker? I mean, you get little hints from talking to the players. Parker's not going to give you a whole lot. Um, Marcus has mastered the word, not master, but he's good enough at the word salad uh, (laughs) that, you know, he, he knows not to, you know, give the whole thing away. Uh, But I think we're, I think we got actually from Brian Newberry today, the Navy coach had a pretty good assessment of what I think the offense is going to be, that it's going to be more dynamic, that they're going to be able to go deep, that they're going to be more versatile. Um, And, and so you're going to be able to play the Tommy Reese game of two and three tight ends and bully you down the field, but you're also going to be able to go four wideouts if you want. And you're going to be able to play two running backs together if you want. And you're going to be able to do things with the versatility of those running backs where you know, you're changing formation and you may not have the right personnel on defense to match up with Jeremiah Love. If he splits out, you know, you better have somebody fast covering him. So I and and is that all gonna look like that on Saturday? No. Will it look like that by October? Probably. Yep, no doubt. Well, we found out today from Marcus Freeman that center Zeke Carell will start. Had that yep. tweak of the left ankle last week in practice. They were cautious with him, but he is ready to go. So that is excellent news. And this is a guy we've talked about off and on since you've been back on the program. The tight end, Eli Raritan. Yeah. Coming off a second ACL the first time around, he admits, probably came back a little too soon. This time around being dare I say, extra cautious. When do you think we might see Eli Reardon? You know, I had a chance to talk to him earlier in August, and he thought maybe right after the Navy game, he wanted to get back for the Navy game. He goes, but I don't want to rush it. Right. If I'm not feeling perfect, you know, he, he felt like he came back too soon. And it probably doesn't help that he saw Kevin Bauman get another ACL tear uh you know, less than a year after he got his September ACL tear, the guy in the same position group, and they've been rehab buddies. I think that's scary, but I think probably by the NC State game, Marcus Freeman was hopeful today. Uh, he is, he hasn't had a setback. He is making progress. His Marcus's concern is that the leg strength, it, it's not just about, uh, yeah, the knee looks good and everything looks good. It's just getting the leg strength back and then also getting into some practices against number one players, you know, and getting into game ready mentally and physically because if he does things, it's kind of half speed and it's against the scout team. And so he's not getting game Mm-mm. full speed reps. So he's going to need some time to get back up and right now they have the numbers to accommodate that not that they would push him if they didn't sure but Mitchell Evans and Holden Stays I think are going to do a really good job Cooper Flanagan came in way more ready to play than a lot of us thought he would Uh, you know he was 239 in high school he's 266 I think now Yeah. yeah so he he came in he muscled up and he was ready to go he was a June and Rolly and then, you know, you have Davis Sherwood, who's um, a fallback um, option, who's a little bit more of a fullback in size and, and skill set. So they're okay as long as they don't lose somebody else before Eli's back. 
Eric Hansen, Darren Pritchett with you, Sportsbeat on WSBT Radio. Here are a couple of Jared Parker comments from his media session before hopping on the bird over to Dublin. Now, last year against Navy, he was just the tight end coach. He was not the offensive coordinator when they had 12 yards of offense in the second half. But Parker was asked, what about that second half against Navy, and how do you make sure that does not happen again? Eric, I will go to you at the conclusion of this comment. Would, for the people playing at home, the home game version okay. of Sportsbeat, is this a word salad statement? Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Okay, here you go. Yeah, that we got things got a little dark there in the second half, right? Um, they did a great job. Hats off to their staff, um, and, and they'll be the same wired-up outfit this year. Um, so it's been a very challenging opponent to start with, um, and we look forward to it, but it's certainly something that, that was tough during the year and one of those halves that you kind of want to forget, but it's uh, when you have an opponent coming up in the first game, you can't forget about them. So um, one of those times that you, uh, you certainly remember, maybe in, in not such a good way. You're an expert on word salad analysis. What would you give that? He, he didn't say much, but the question didn't ask a lot of him, so he does not get uh-huh. a word salad there. He, he answered it about the level of the question intrigue. If you fell, as, if you fell asleep during that comment, you hear wired up, you think, wow, he's talking about a sports car all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, he is um, an interesting transcribe. I've done him before because th- – there are colloquialisms that you don't hear every day where you go, okay, did he say that? You know, because there are expressions I haven't heard. They're more uh, Kentucky. You know, I don't have a command of the Kentucky colloquialisms. I'm sure. I'm he, thankful about that. I'm sure when he hears me speak, he, he probably has out the Ohio Kentucky dictionary going, what is this guy <laughs> saying to me? So categorizing or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Catalyzing. Catalyzing. Yeah. I forgot what did he already. Say? <laughs> You should ask him a question this year and work in catalyzing. When you when you did mention though about um, the second half last year, Marcus did admit his in-flight movie entertainment was rewatching that game last year, the second half. And he talked about lack of effort. Yeah, which I was kind of. I I don't know nah. that I agreed with that. Poor coaching. Had I had a lot so. to do with it. I do, and and again, you know, I think it's easier to not. Well, I don't. You don't want to throw your players under the bus either, Eric. If you have zero effort, you're going to have more than 12 yards of total offense and a half. <laughs> I would agree. I just thought strategically they they went away from throwing and said, well, let's just run the ball into the teeth of the number two defense, and then they'd get into third and longs, and then Navy blitzed the snot out of them, and and they couldn't handle it. Here is Coach Parker on what he has learned about Sam Hartman, his new quarterback, during fall camp. I think more than anything, just maybe an appreciation for him to know that um, I was just telling him upstairs, I think that he's very direct about what he likes, um, what he may not like as much, those things like that. Just having a real honesty and open line of communication, which keeps us in a position where we're able to feel good about things or maybe scratch them, you know. So I think just – his honesty and knowing that he's had those reps, you kind of give him the right to have an ear to say, I got you. You know, we don't need to force that play in. Um, things like that, I think his maturity in that. And then again, I think he's he's a proven guy in this in this system, just like coaches after you do it a while to where you, you know, you, the biggest piece probably surviving when it doesn't go your way. 
you know, is when it's tough. And I think he's he's done a really good job being able to handle the, some adversity. And heck, we're going to have it this year, you know. So being able to handle that, stare it right back in the face, and move forward is the key. Well, Eric, this is a guy during spring football. Whether what was said to the public is actually what was happening during practice, I don't know. But there was a quarterback competition with Sam and Buckner. Buckner leaves for Alabama, and the guy we always knew was going to start is starting Sam Hartman. But isn't it interesting, once you get away from whatever the competition was, that's when Sam Hartman could officially start becoming a leader on this football team. It is hard to lead when you're in an alleged competition, but it just seems like, based on the comments we hear from the players, he's adored in that locker room, and that's not always the case with a new guy. Or, you know, we've seen Notre Dame teams split over who should be starting a quarterback, but this team is united around this guy. There must be something about that personality that everybody has just gravitated to. Well, I I got to spend about 45 minutes with him this summer, and I can see why they are like that. Um, and part of it was he came in very humble, and he didn't kind of throw around you know, either his NIL prowess or his, uh, <laughs> hey, I've been a three-time captain. You guys should listen to me. He felt like this he needed to be a humble newcomer and he was learning the offense and people like that. But there were also people that saw the QB one docuseries that he was in high school and they, you know, I mean, CJ Carr couldn't wait to meet him. I mean, he was a, he admitted he was a big fan. He goes, I can't wait to meet Sam Hartman. <laughs> you know, he's on the TV. Um, but just the way he's wired is, incredible and he doesn't always open up about it and I was very fortunate on the day that he was in that mood to do it but just just the way he's wired you can see why people follow him and and this is going to be a huge advantage for a first year offensive coordinator to have a sixth year quarterback that's running the joystick at the line of scrimmage and moving people around and moving pieces around we had Mike Golick Jr. on the um, on our podcast earlier this week. InsideIndieSports.com to listen to it. Correct. And and <laughs> so during his time as an offensive lineman at Notre Dame, you had Jimmy Clausen as the quarterback, starting quarterback, Dane Chris, Tommy Reese, and Everett Golson. So you had four different levels of expertise at the line of scrimmage. Tommy Reese, even at an early age, was really good at it. The thing about it is, you know, you knew where the ball was going. He'd get you out of bad plays. He just didn't always have the physicals to express what could really be um, a, a great checkout of a bad play. Clawson did, and by his junior year in 2009, he was really good at it. He wasn't good at it earlier, but, man, you think about how good their offense – you forget about how good their offense was because their defense stunk, but, I mean, they had, you know – Kyle Rudolph and Michael Floyd and Jimmy Clausen in that 2009 group, Golden Tate, all on the same team, and he was just a master at the line of scrimmage. Dane Christ, a little bit more inexperienced, and Everett Golson, super inexperienced. And so it was a very different thing. And really last year, one of the reasons Notre Dame's offense was maybe tepid in a lot of games sure. was because Drew Pine's inexperienced. As much as he studied, you know, he just didn't have 
that ability to change out of a bad play at, uh, you know, uh, on at the line of scrimmage. One of the funnier stories is, and I know I like Malik Zaire a lot, and Malik will admit this. Malik would go up there and he would change plays, but sometimes he would change you from a bad play into an equally bad play. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, it's going to be fascinating to see this offense when you have a quarterback and how it can change everything that the defense does. And let me say this. I've been as critical as anyone in regard to Tommy Reese quarterback recruiting up until Freeman came. And it started to change. Right. He missed. He whiffed on a lot of quarterbacks as a recruiter. And if you want to talk about, well, he didn't have a great quarterback to work with last year. You know what? Whose fault is that? And second right. of all, I'll say this. I thought Tommy got the most out of Drew Pine last year. He I was agree. so limited in what he could call because of his quarterback that I think Tommy did as well as he could possibly have done under the circumstance, which he created for himself. And I also think Drew Pine probably played to his ceiling. Yes. yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's. I mean, a guy worked hard, was a student of the game. I'd take him to the foxhole in a second. Sure. But if you're saying, okay, we need to throw the ball deep, then I would not pick him. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, Tommy created that situation with his own recruiting. So those were the guys he had recruited. And then when Marcus had asked him about a portal guy in the spring of 2022, after he got the job, Tommy said, we're good. We're good with the guys we have on the roster. I'm betting you're not going to agree with this, but mm-hmm. I had this conversation with our listeners earlier this week. Mm-hmm. Last year was frustrating from the standpoint you lost to two football teams you should not have lost to. Marshall and Stanford. Sure. You agree with that? Yep. Also at the same time, after they lost to Stanford, that season could have got away from them. But Marcus kept the team together. And to get to 9-4, and four, considering where they were after Stanford, Eric, that was a pretty good accomplishment. But it was still a frustrating year because they could have been 11-2 and two very easily instead of 9-4. and four. Yep. With all that being said, as frustrating and maybe disappointing how last season was, five years from now, we may look at that 9-4 and four totally different because we know quarterbacks drive college football. Mm-hmm. You have a great quarterback, you can overcome a lot. Absolutely. Which brings me to this point. Okay. There may not have been a true division – I'm sorry – a power five starting quarterback on that roster. And to go nine and four under that circumstance is not as bad as it seemed at the time. I mean, I still don't know that we know who Tyler Buckner is. He's missed so much time. You know, he missed his entire sophomore year, his entire senior year of high school, was a niche quarterback as a freshman in college, and then misses all but a couple games of his sophomore year and now he looks like he's not going to play at Alabama very much so we really don't know what he could turn into but I would agree in their current state current state yeah I mean that's why I said maybe five years from now we may be saying there wasn't a power five quarterback on this roster I mean you certainly could go you you kind of look through the opponents off the top of your head and you start to say who was who was Notre Dame's quarterbacks better on the opposition. I mean, you look at like 
Drake May at North Carolina. The BYU quarterback was pretty darn good. Caleb USC, Williams. you had the Heisman C. Trophy C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. I mean, there were some pretty good quarterbacks, opposing quarterbacks, and the kid that was chucking it at the end of the Navy game was doing a pretty <laughs> good job. He was a very rarely used quarterback. I don't know what was more frustrating, knowing Navy was going to throw that entire second half and it just wasn't defended, or trying to throw it 27 times in a hurricane at NC State. I'm not sure which is more annoying. Oh, you mean back in 2016? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right, we'll take a timeout. Twitter question of the day next on WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Eric Hansen, publisher of InsideIndieSports.com. He's over there. I'm Darren Pritchett. Good to be with you on this Thursday. Twitter question of the day from yesterday's program. What part of the Notre Dame football team will have the better game against Navy? 69.2% went with the Irish offense, 30.8% the Irish defense. How did you vote, sir? Counterintuitively, I go with the Irish defense. What's with all these C words today you're coming up with? (laughs) You've had three doozies. (laughs) Okay, against what you would think I would vote, how I would vote. How's that? I'm glad you don't write like that. (laughs) You have that one word and go with it. Anyway, continue. Yeah, I, I I think the offense will have a few more hiccups just because of how many new people will be playing the defense there's a lot of people that are veterans against this option and i also think they're going to adjust pretty well i al golden's going to have some surprises on defense that navy's not expecting i'll use the c word you're correct and also i find it interesting the over under total points for the game has dropped by a point and a half over the last 24 hours down from 15 and a half to 49 yeah i think both um, units will have a good game. And I actually think Notre Dame's yep. offense is a strength. Okay. Now to today's question. Of these four choices, what is the most likely storyline from the Notre Dame Navy game? Choice number one, Notre Dame blows out Navy. Okay. Now we move along to number two. We have Notre Dame pulls away in the second half. Number three, Notre Dame wins behind a strong fourth quarter. Or number four, Navy upsets Notre Dame in Dublin. You can vote right now on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat. You will not be here tomorrow. Would you like to cast a vote? I vote for Notre Dame pulls away in second half. That's Eric's opinion. We'd love yours. Again, 960 Sportsbeat on Twitter is the place Now, Eric's about to tell you all the great things you will find when all of you, in just a few moments, go to InsideIndieSports.com. Sure. Well, we have um, (laughs) a notebook from today's practice where Marcus Freeman and a couple of the players talked afterwards, so a lot of injury updates and little fun notes from what's going on as we get toward the opener. We also have a full transcript of Navy head football coach Brian Newberry's press conference. So if you want to, if you're one of those deep dive kind of people, that's perfect for you to learn a little bit more about Navy. We've got updated depth chart, updated scholarship chart. We got podcasts. We got our football never sleeps. 
And I will say one more thing. I've been back on the air for about a month now. I'm having a blast. I appreciate Darren and everybody bringing me back. And I also appreciate everybody that I've heard from that has awesome. been very kind to me since I've come back. So. And with that being said, Eric and I and Tyler Horker are going to be doing Game Day Sports Beat throughout the year this Saturday, 11 to 1.30. So and two- we'll be line dancing. Right. That's right. And just to tie into all of the big C words you've used today. Okay. What you just said there, all the things you have coming up at InsideIndieSports.com. The collectivity of this is just a bunch of great stuff all in one place. Okay. The collectivity. The collectivity. There you go. If you could use that in your Navy recap, I would appreciate it. All right. We'll see you on Saturday at 11 a.m. And enjoy the rest of your week. Stay cool. Thank you. He's Eric. I'm Darren. I'm back with Tim Murray from VEASAN talking about Notre Dame Navy from a Las Vegas standpoint. Some good gambling information. We'll bring it to you in just a couple of moments on WSBT. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 